0: Blue wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Lays it in. Zach Levine does it again. Late, giant, oh, oh, the producer, Larry Marcus. The crossover. Love Levine. Get up. Or get out the way, Trey Young.
1: Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Pat, and we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Ahead of a series really no one saw coming, the Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks, Uh, the big question in this series is the health of Giannis and Datacompo, Jason. I think that coming into the series, you can say that Giannis's health is the definitive swing factor. If Giannis does not play at all in this series, I view Phoenix as the stronger team. And I don't think the Bucks have quite enough firepower to defeat the Suns without Giannis on the floor. But Giannis could return at some point in the series. To me, it wouldn't be a surprise if they sat him out, you know, the first game or two uh, and then reevaluated his health. Uh, also though, as we've seen sort of earlier in the playoffs with Chris Paul, I don't really know if Giannis can return in like game manager mode. His game is so built on physicality and explosion on both ends of the floor. It's hard to imagine like what a compromised version of Giannis looks like and how impactful that type of player can be. So it's really hard sort of, uh, prognosticating out this series, you know, as we start game one, just given the, the injury to Giannis.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And have you have you seen any update on Giannis? I feel like it's just like they're I feel like it's almost like the Kawhi thing where they're just like playing it super close. Uh I feel like I saw I think like Chris Sheridan had some like Greek journalist on claiming he wouldn't play till game 3. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he missed the start of the series in Phoenix. Uh I mean, that injury looks so bad. I mean, I, I, it, I guess it wouldn't even surprise me if he didn't play at all. I mean, he did look okay like on the bench. Uh, like celebrating and flexing and all that kind of stuff when the Bucs were closing out the Hawks over the weekend. But uh, it still just seems like if he does come back, that he probably will not be a hundred percent. So I think your point about that is definitely, I think a good one, like because he is just so like his uh, just in the paint dominating with his a- athleticism and physicality. And like, if he can't do that uh, definitely a huge advantage for the Suns who have been awesome just in general. And I think I saw, Right. I think the opening odds I saw had the Suns as a, as a slight favorite, which I think makes perfect sense with Giannis' injury. I would even lean, to, even if Giannis was totally healthy, I think I said this last time, that I think I would lean towards the Suns anyways because I still can't trust the Bucs. Although, I was very impressed by how well the Bucks played the last couple games of the series without Giannis. That game five, they came out and just punched the Hawks in the mouth. The Hawks did come back, but they answered all those calls. We saw Brooke Lopez throw it back. Uh, to like his old days like the, in the last decade when he was with the Nets uh, with 33 points dominating inside Chris Middleton had a few huge games Drew Holiday finally stopped looking like Eric Bledsoe so it was nice to see those Bucks those other Bucks guys really step up and not just totally fold without Giannis there still can't totally trust them but if, I obviously we do hope Giannis is back because I think this is a really fun series I know some people are like whatever like with all the injuries like the Suns have gotten lucky the Bucks got lucky the Nets got hurt but like Fully healthy. Like, this is an awesome series to me. With, with, I mean, the Bucks have a super talented team. The, the Suns are a great story. Giannis's first finals, CP3's first finals, Devin Booker making this run in his first finals. We got some former Bulls here. We got Bobby Portis versus Cameron Payne. Portis, Bobby Portis had a huge, he's like a Milwaukee hero now. He had that huge game five. Uh, he had the Buck had Pfizer for chanting Bobby over and over. So that was kind of fun to see for a former bull. So I'm really looking forward to this finals. I, I, at least I hope that Giannis does play, even if he doesn't, it should be a really good series anyways, but uh hopefully he's able to come back sooner rather than later. I, I, was, I comes back at all.
1: Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth with the former bull. So we got Bobby Portis on the bucks. And then there's campaign each one more on the Suns. Am I forgetting about anyone else? I, I think that's it.
2: Those are the main guys. I mean, each barely plays, but obviously campaign backup point guard, Bobby, starting for Giannis with him out. And I would assume that will remain the case. Like I said, we're not totally sure what Giannis' status is. But yeah, I mean, and both guys have had their moments.
1: Yeah, totally. I think uh, Portis was a healthy scratch for some of the games against Brooklyn. Uh, He only played in four games against Brooklyn. So to see him sort of emerge as this key piece they need for them has been huge. And yeah, like you said, 36 minutes uh, in game five, 32 minutes. In Game 6, Portis is really like a swing factor for them. If Giannis doesn't play or if Giannis' health is, you know, noticeably compromised, uh, he's just still a gunner, you know, 20 from the floor in Game 5. Portis has, you know, just an aggressive offensive mindset. He's a shoot-first power forward in every sense. And I also love the... uh, like all the motivational tactics that Bobby Portis uses to amp himself up, setting hard screens. Uh, there was the the meme of his eyes being super wide open, big <laughs> smile on his face when he had that wide open dunk. And then he tweeted uh, his power forward, like the guys who influenced him as a power forward. It was like, oh Gunn- yeah, I saw that. Reed Wallace. Uh, a couple other guys. So he
2: was at KG, and then I I think Zach Randolph was the other one.
1: Zach Randolph, yeah. So really fun to see Portis uh sort of come into his own a little bit. Uh, I he's I believe he's on a minimum contract, isn't he, Jason? It's he's
2: three three point six million. I think he got like the room exception or like the biannual something. like He
1: got a cheap deal. He sure. got a very cheap deal. Uh you'll remember the Bulls offered Portis I believe a, at least a 50 million dollar contract, right? The Portis It was like 40 to 50
2: and I think he wanted a bit more and he got I mean he got like two years 30 million from the Knicks, but they declined that like team option on the second year and they ended up going to the Bucks.
1: Right. So he basically got a one year 15 million dollar out of deal out of the Knicks and then he signs like a one year 3 million dollar deal. Uh, with the Bucks, it'll be interesting to see what Portis's market looks like in free agency this year. You would think he's probably earned himself a little bit of money. I believe there's only like seven teams coming into this offseason with significant salary cap space. So, uh, you know, what what will Bobby Portis's contract look like after this final series? And you can say the same thing about campaign. I think campaign's a free agent as well. Yep. Uh, and... Payne has just been awesome. He's established himself as one of the best backup point guards in the league. Uh the Bucks might realistically have to adjust their defensive coverage to keep campaign and Chris Paul and Devin Booker in check for mid range. Uh Paul or Payne gives them a third guard who can sort of, you know, snake dribble off the pick and roll, hit a pull up mid-range shot. And he's just been one of the best stories in the league. There's no doubt. I mean, out of the league after the Bulls cut him, played a couple games in China, grinded his way back into a spot uh in the G League. The Sun signed him right before the bubble. And uh this year he's been a really solid player the entire season. He's really sort of come into his own in the playoffs this year. So it'll be really fun rooting for campaign as well.
2: Yeah. I mean if you look at Campaign's numbers this season, like they were really good. Like his efficiency just and it's just crazy. And we've talked about this before when he was going off in those last couple series, just like just how bad he was with the Bulls. And, like, we made fun of him all the time. And, like, there's that report that was out there that was, like, the Bulls saw him in practice. And, like, after, like, two days, and like, this guy can't play in the NBA. So, like, go from that. I mean, you go back and look at his numbers with the Bulls. Like, he had one okay stretch where he shot decent from three. Uh was at 2017, 2018, 38.5% from three. But, like, right after the trade, he was really bad. And then, like, after that, the next year, he was also really bad. And in general, besides the okay three-point shooting, I mean, it was just brutal to watch him. And Uh, and then he went around, bounced around a bit, like China, G League, all that, the Cavs. And then he was really good in the bubble last year, and he's just really good. I mean, the dude's been shooting 44% from three this season, almost uh, 48.4% shooting field goals. So, like, super efficient player. You mentioned he he could get to the rim, some really sneaky finishes, just like really, he's just really kind of crafty, like way craftier than, like, he never showed that kind of stuff with the Bulls. And this year, like, his, uh, the playoffs, his numbers have come down a bit. I feel like he's come back down to earth in that Clippers series a bit. But still, 10 points a game, 4 assists, 36.4% three-point shooting. Like, it's been crazy to see campaign just make this jump to being one of the better backup point guards in the league when I would always make fun of him. as like, this guy looks like the worst player in the NBA. I remember getting into a big argument with uh, our guy Darnell Mayberry at The Athletic because he, he's been riding for campaign since those Thunder days. Uh, and we got in this big argument about him, and he, he stuck with him. He's, he's always said that he's better than he's showing right now, and that just like injuries have played a role, and just like the, bull, the Bulls in general were kind of a mess. And Darno maybe was right. So shout out to him for sticking, sticking behind campaign, and he's, uh, and he's been really good. So definitely one of, the be- one of the better stories of the playoffs has been campaign's resurgence just from basically the, the scrap heap, NBA scrap heap, to a great backup point guard on an NBA Finals team.
0: We're driven by the search for better.
1: All right, Jason, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Uh, Giannis' injury status aside, since I think that's pretty clearly okay. the biggest swing factor in this series, uh, what one other factor do you think will determine this NBA Finals?
2: Maybe I'll say the Bucks' three-point shooting because that's something I've at least followed through this entire playoffs. Bucks were like top maybe five in three-point shooting uh, in the regular season. They were on like 39%. They're down at like 31% in these playoffs, and even despite that, they've been able to obviously make it to the finals, and they did get some luck uh, with the Nets losing their stars, and Trey Young got hurt. Obviously, the Bucs have also lost Giannis, so that's uh, they, they were able to overcome that, but the fact that they have shot so poorly from three, and they've still made it this far, I do think they'll have to make those start making a bit better percentage of three-point shots, especially if Giannis is out. And they can't dominate the paint like they can with him there. I, don't, I mentioned Brooke Lopez was able to dominate the paint. We saw Bobby have a big game. Uh, Middleton is like a mid-range master, and Drew Holiday has been has been really good lately as well. After he kind of struggled a bit, but I do think they need to hit a few more three-point shots. It's not like the Suns are like a great three-point shooting team. They're solid percentage-wise. Uh, they don't take as many. At least in the playoffs, they haven't. They're around like thirty-seven percent in the regular season and in the and in the playoffs so far. But they don't really take that many. Like. Booker, like as good of a, like a player he, he as he is, he's like not a huge three point shooter. Like if you look at his numbers, they're not they're way like worse than you would think. CP three did have the big series against uh, the big last game against the the Clippers, obviously. But like I mean, he doesn't shoot that many threes, and like they have some other decent shooters. But uh, still, I think the Bucks like Middleton's got to be better from three. I think Holiday's kind of hit or miss, but he was like good during the regular season, so that is something I'll at least be looking out for if the Bucks can finally start hitting some threes because we know the Suns are just like a versatile team. that can score from mid-range, they can score from three and all that kind of stuff, and their defense is really, really good. So uh, especially with Giannis' status up in the air and if they can't dominate the paint, which is a huge Bucks advantage usually, they'll have to hit some three-pointers.
1: Yeah, totally. I think that you can say that about most games and most yeah. I mean, NBA teams, especially in this era. Whoever hits the most three-point shots is likely to win. Uh, it sounds like simplistic analysis, but it's true. And the challenge of today's game is creating good looks from three, right? Like, uh, you can only make your threes if you're able to create good looks and, you know, collapse the defense, get dribble penetration, swing the ball, find open catch and shoot guys, or have players who are pull-up threats. And I think, you know, Middleton's going to be the obvious pull-up threat for the Bucs. Otherwise, they're going to try to create threes off ball movement mostly, but uh, Milwaukee plays a lot of isolation basketball, a lot of one-on-one basketball, that's been a trend throughout the playoffs. The thing that I'm going to monitor is the Bucks' defense against pick-and-rolls because yeah. the Suns' pick-and-roll is so dynamic. Zach Lowe of ESPN wrote a long feature on this uh, a couple weeks ago. Obviously, Paul Booker and also Payne off the bench are really good creators out of the pick-and-roll. So uh, this has been sort of something hanging over the Bucks' head in the last two playoff runs is – the drop coverage versus the switch. So the Bucks mostly play a base of drop coverage with Brook Lopez on the floor. But after Giannis got hurt, it changed like, it up. They changed it up and went with more of a switch-heavy scheme in the last two games. They easily beat Atlanta in those last two games without Giannis. Uh, I read a stat on ESPN that Brook Lopez switched more screens across like the final three games of the series than he did in any three games all season. And, uh, you know, for all of the concern about Mike Budenholzer's inability to adjust as the Bucks head coach, Budenholzer made a key adjustment in that series. It's sort of gone underplayed, and it's going to be fascinating to see how they try to defend the pick and roll against the Suns, because that is very much a Suns bread and butter. They have two guards who are tailor-made for that style of basketball, and without Giannis or, you know, with a compromised Giannis, are they going to you know, rely on what got them here for the majority of the season, which is drop coverage, or, you know, much like the last couple games against the Hawks, will they move to a switching scheme? Uh, during the regular season, the Bucks were credited for, like, sort of taking their foot off the gas a little bit, taking more of a long-term view of the regular season and preparing themselves for the playoffs by working on things like switching defensively instead of just trying to win every game they can during the regular season. Will the Bucks do they get the three seed? right? Yes. The seed yeah. In the East. So yeah, I mean, they had the best record in the NBA each of the last two years. This year, they're the three seed. They, uh, you know, you, they took a more long-term view in the regular season. So this will be the ultimate test to see if that can pay off. And if Budenholzer can keep adjusting, uh, obviously talent still wins at the end of the day. And you, you need Giannis on the floor and healthy. And we have no idea if that's going to be possible. As you alluded to, there hasn't been much information on that yet, but um, I'm really interested to see how they're going to defend the pick and roll against the Suns because the Suns are so good in those scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm assuming we'll
2: see a mix of all of it. I mean, you used to have to be uh, versatile. You have to be able to change things up on the fly and try different things. And obviously, that has been, as you mentioned, a huge criticism of, of uh, Bud in recent years. And that's quite a down a bit after winning these games without Giannis and making those adjustments uh, and doing it in the regular season. I know there was. Uh, some of the criticism was coming out earlier in the playoffs. We gave it to him, but uh, for this last series, you definitely have to give him some credit there for making making the changes. After Trey Young was roasting them, obviously Trey Young getting hurt did help a bit for sure. Uh, since he wasn't there in that last game, he definitely wasn't totally healthy, probably, and he, he played poorly. But still, he made the changes. And the, the Suns will be the Suns can play can beat you in so many ways. Uh, just, and their starting lineup is just so good. They can play. They play big. They play small. When you have those two guards there. That'll be really interesting to, interesting to see how that does go. So I guess uh, to wrap up this finals talk, just, you said you think the Suns have the advantage. We don't know if Giannis is going to play. Just, right now, who would you pick, right? Gun to your head.
1: Suns. Yeah, I'd probably take the Suns. I guess give me Suns in six.
2: Yeah, I, I guess I, 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 I'm going to assume that Giannis will be back at some point. Again, I would also assume that he will not be totally healthy when he does come back. But I still think the Bucs, they still obviously have some really good players. I think I I will I i stuck with the, I've been riding with the Suns this entire time. Um so I think that I'm going to stick with them. I'll say Suns and Seven. We have somebody requesting to speak, so it's actually a perfect
1: time to go to that. Tim. What's up?
2: What's up man? What do you got to say about the finals?
1: Man, I think it's uh I think it's Devin Booker's time, man. And Chris Paul finally finally going to get a ring. I think it's his time, man. I don't think I don't think the Bucks going to get this one. Yeah, Devin Booker's uh, yeah. been awesome throughout uh, throughout this playoff run. Had the, what do you have, a 47-point game, I think, to close out the Lakers. He had the triple-double in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals when CP didn't play. So, yeah, man, Devin Booker is totally leveling up in these playoffs. And as Bulls fans, you know, we hope that uh, Zach Levine gets this type of stage and this type of platform to to raise his profile in the playoffs the same way Booker's done. Because Booker has been a straight-up killer in the postseason uh, so so what was, what was
2: Yama's injury? What, what What's wrong with him? He has a hyper extended left knee and nobody knows when he's actually going to be back, basically.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he might not be a hundred percent this series. So that, that get a sense of upper hand though.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that, it just leaves so many question marks there because even if he is, again, even if he does come back, like, uh, who knows how good he's going to be. And like, the Suns do have some guys they can throw at him as well and make life tough on him, whether it's like Jay Crowder, whether it's Michael Bridges. Like obviously Giannis is very hard to stop when he's got it going, but like Suns got some guys that can throw at him Tory Craig as well. Tory Craig can use some of his uh Bucks knowledge because he played for them for like a very short amount of time uh <laughs> against them. So yeah. The Giannis thing definitely like, I said even if Giannis was healthy, I think I still would lean to the Suns just because I've leaned with them all this entire playoff or the last like couple rounds and I'd would just want to stick to my guns, but I think with that Giannis questionable, CP3 does seem like a man on a mission here. Booker has been awesome. I know Booker has kind of slowed down a bit since he broke his nose, but I feel like he'll probably once he gets used to that. I think he'll probably be all right in the finals. They had some time off here, but uh, CP3 definitely does just seem like he's uh, he's ready to win this. So I, I don't think I agree.
1: Yeah, really- man. Yeah, they they got they got a lot of momentum, man. I think it's I think it's their time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, wouldn't, it would not surprise me at all. Tim, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you for your
1: comments. I'm going to move here to speaker real quick. One thing I want to say, Jason, before we wrap this up, is how about FIBA Sadaransky, Thomas Sadoransky, hitting the game winner against Canada in the Olympic qualifying tournament. He's leading the Czech Republic to the Olympics. Uh, the Czech Republic is in the USA's group. They're in Group A, along with France and Iran, in the top two qualifiers advance out of the group stage, and then the two best teams uh, who finish third. So, USA seems like they have a, a, you know, France will be tough, as they always are, but, uh, you know, the U.S. will obviously enter the tournament as the favorites to win gold. If they don't win gold, it's going to count as a massive upset. But they got to go through Thomas Zadaransky first, because Zadaransky <laughs> and FIBA play— is a killer. He just seems so much more aggressive than he is in the NBA. He really, uh, you know, he's obviously the best player in the Czech Republic team. He comes out knowing he has to be the primary scorer, and he dropped 18 against Canada, hit the game winner. Canada's not in the Olympics because of it, and uh, pretty remarkable. That that Canada team was, like, pretty loaded,
2: right? Like, R.J. Barrett, was. did Wiggins play? I didn't follow, like, that that closely, but that was, like, a pretty good Canada team.
1: Yeah, very good Canadian team. Barrett was on there. I'm not sure the full roster. Like Dylan
2: but. Brooks, I know Dylan Brooks is Canadian. Like,
1: like I said, I don't. I know like Tristan Thompson. I don't know who exactly
2: played, but yeah, Sad. He's like he's always doing so well in those Euro tournaments. Like I wish he was more aggressive uh, with the Bulls, but obviously, totally different game. So understandable why it's so why it's so different there. But good for him, I guess. Raise that trade value. How about that?
1: Sure. You got any other, uh, Olympic hot takes because uh, well, I mean, USA... I,
2: we'll, we'll give a shout out to Luca, uh, triple double getting Slovenia to their first ever Olympic appearance. So good for him. Uh, you mentioned the USA, France, like that'll be a fun opening matchup. Uh, because France will have what, Gobert, Evan Fournier. they I mean, I don't know if like Batum is still playing, but I mean, they have always had a really good team. So that should be a fun, at least opening matchup for, for Zach and team USA, Uh, I'm trying to think what else was out there. I guess I will, uh, I believe, uh, correct. Uh, I think last episode we were talking about like Patrick Williams and summer league and team USA select stuff. Patrick Williams will definitely be able to play summer league. I think that's team USA stuff is all like this month because the Olympics are next month. So summer league is in August team USA select stuff is in July. So I believe Patrick Williams will still be able to play summer league. I have not seen if there's been like any confirmation if they've even talked to him about that i've told, been kind of just with the holiday weekend was just kind of off the grid wasn't following that closely uh but i hope I hope he does We talked about this last pot. It would be great to see Patrick Williams uh kind of, just kind of dominate summer league and really just kind of let him loose uh, and get that experience with the team u s a as well so just be a busy summer for Patrick Williams and a huge one because obviously there's a whole other conversation, but we've talked about Patrick Williams a ton here and how important he is. Uh, to the Bulls, so hopefully he'll be able to use this summer with Team USA,
1: Summer League, and use that as a big uh, jumping-off point for his second season. For sure. Uh, that's about all I got, Jason. I know that you got a busy week this week. You're going to, what, multiple Cubs games? Yeah, too bad they suck now. Nine losses in a row, and they're, they're totally out, but going to Cubs
2: games is always fun. So
1: They just can't beat the Brewers, man. If they can beat the Brewers even a few times, it would be a totally different season for them. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, they're awful.
2: At least the, the White Sox are in first. The White Sox played, what, the Twins again? I feel like every time I'm looking up, the White Sox are beating the Twins' ass. So, like, uh, they're playing them again this this week. So, should be, hopefully, another fun ass-whooping for the White Sox this week.
1: Yeah, the White Sox just can't beat the Tigers, though. They dropped right, two yeah. the Tigers. They lose to the Tigers yesterday. White Sox still up six games in the division entering today, even with all of the injuries to key position players. Uh, I'm interested to see if they're going to make any aggressive moves uh, ahead of the trade deadline. If it was me, trade them all. Zach Collins, Jake Berger, whatever you can do. This is your shot. To, Wait, uh, they, you know, they have a, they have a Zach Collins, too. What's up?
2: They have a Zach Collins, too. The backup catcher. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, I, I know Zach Collins from uh, the Blazers, who just got hurt again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice. All right, we got, we got one more request, speaker request here. We'll get him on real quick before we wrap up. William, fire! Oh, I just I thought I brought him up here. No, nope. did he leave? Really did he just leave? I don't know what just happened. What yeah. like, oh, 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 well, whatever. Uh, we lost him. Uh, yeah. All right. That, I think we should probably wrap up here. That That is good here for today. Uh, yeah. So as always, thank you for the people who listened. Thank you uh, to our, uh, I believe it was Tim who came up and had some thoughts about the finals. The finals do start. They don't start yet. There is another day off. They start to Tuesday night in Phoenix, uh, and it'll be nice. There'll be a few few days in between some of these games, so it's not just every other day. So that'll be really nice just to get some breaks in between those games. Uh, with the finals going on, with that with the finals coverage, uh, please go check out the other Blue Wire pods. We have, some, like, uh, we got, I believe, Eurostep is the Bucks pod, and then I believe it's the, time, the Timeline is the Suns pod. It's something like that. I, I, my mistake if I got these wrong, guys, but... Please go check out our great Bucks and Sons pods that are part of the Blue Wire Network and go check out all the other great podcasts all across the Blue Wire Network. For us here at Cash Considerations, as always, uh, this pod will be up later on our feed, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Disney, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those good places for Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. If you have ideas, questions, feedback for us, please hit us up there on Twitter. So, yeah, happy finals, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next time. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July, and i uh, talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.